This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. We have so many chefs on the show today. I start off with Chef Junior Naj. He was born in Paris and has got a great French accent, but he's cooking is just as French. Also, Chef JP, he's a rock star when it comes to Filipino cuisine. He's opened his restaurant, first one ever here in Dubai. We've got food news from Dan Fay, that little kid from up north. He's uh, looking forward to 2023 and losing some weight after all that eating around town. Also, we'll be talking to one chef who went from mainstream restaurant to being a private chef for a family. And if you're looking for some Levantine food, check out Magdalene. That's in Sharjah. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. So our first chef has worked in places such as Paris, Monaco, London, Dubai now. So maybe I can practice my French on him. Bienvenue, Chef Nuage, <laughs> Junior Nage. Ça va? Ça va très bien, merci et vous. Avez-vous passé un bon Noël en Paris? Super, super, super. And I have to say, very happy birthday for thank yesterday. Thank you so much. Thank you so It's much. It's so cool. Have you yeah. been on the radio before? Uh, yes, you one have? time, yes. But have you been on your birthday? No, no. not on my birthday. Yes. <laughs> It's my yes. first time. So you're the founder of Diner Modern. What exactly is it? Is it a supper club? What is it? It's a super club, but at the same time, it's a chef table. I love the way you went, super club. <laughs> this is so cool. I'm going to start speaking like this. So is it a super club? Exactly. Yeah. So well, I can share I can share my, 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 my unique style, my, uh, my, my, my deeply philosophy of the food, and uh, where we can have a, a, a good social moment with all the people. So it's eight people per table. Amazing. Uh, and uh, I, I do my proper, proper food there. Yeah, I'm really into supper clubs mm-hmm. for the simple reason that I actually get to know the people on my table yes. rather than just going to a restaurant with my friends and it's the same conversations. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about you. You you're, you're, you were born in the Ivory Coast. I'm born in Ivory Coast and uh, when I was one, uh, I went to, to, to Paris with, mm. my, uh, with my father. My father was a basketball player and he was uh, playing in Ivory Coast in the national team and playing also uh, in, uh, in the private club in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Lille. So back in the day, he was a strong, strong team. So I've been lucky and too. You are really, re- well, he's very, very smart and trendy because he's French. I mean, his shoes are amazing, <laughs> his trainers. And then um, he stood up and he was so tall. So I can see why your dad's a basketball player. How tall are you? Uh, two meters. But I'm not good at basketball at all. Why? I, I bet your dad's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not lucky at all. Uh, at the basketball, I wasn't that good. So finally, I, 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 I choose my way on the kitchen. So for me, um, mm-hmm. on a personal level, French cuisine has been some of the most memorable dining experience I've ever had. Exactly. Like I had the best chocolate fondant in my life in Bordeaux. Yes. The f- best freshly baked hot croissant at 6am coming yeah. out of a club in yeah. Cannes. Um, so growing up in France, there must have been so much inspiration for you. Yes, I mean, I mean, in Paris, what I, uh, I, I work a little bit everywhere. I work in Monaco, Paris, Lyon uh, uh, for certain times, and I've been lucky for to to discover this uh, different region. You They know, all have different, yeah, yeah you're right. Different food, you know. In, uh, for example, in Lyon, it's more focused on the pâté en croûte, wine, uh, uh, different, different style. In uh, Paris, it's more eclectic. Yeah. Uh, in South of France, it's more the the vegetable, the agrume, the fish, the you know, because it's a different region. Yeah, like south of France, it is mm-hmm. probably seafood. Like, I mean, I've been to Monaco too. It's such a small little place. Where did you work there? I, I've been lucky to work at uh, the Monte Carlo Bay. It's a two-star Michelin restaurant. Oh. Uh, 
uh, with Marcel Ravin, so he do the amazing exotic cuisine from the West Indies and mix with the French uh, cooking style. God, you, just I wish you guys could see his face. He's so passionate when he's smiling about talking about food. What kind of dishes did you have growing up that still hold a lot of memories for you when you think of home? Because the food in the Ivory Coast, how does that differ to a lot of food in France? Uh, I mean, uh, when I when I was young, uh, most of the time we was uh, eating Italian food. You know what? Italian food, <laughs> crazy. In, in, is that what? Was served in Ivory Coast? No, no, no. In Ivory Coast, in Ivory Coast is different. You have, for example, the plantain, the, the roasted fish, yeah. uh, the roasted. Uh, it's more about like roast, you no know, grill. Yes. You know, very simple with uh, with the spice, for example, the cancan spice, the cancan spice, which uh, is a mix of nuts uh, with some g- dry ginger, black pepper, penja. And you so, eat a lot of meat as well. Yes, in a lot of meat. Yes. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Let's talk about your supper club. What is on the menu? Like, what do you just go with the flow with the tables, uh, the chef's table, or what's in season? Or do people say, "Look, I would like to request this kind of meal"? No, basically, it's my philosophy of uh, of, uh, of food. So, for example, now you got this amazing John Dory glaze with some Sanjian uh, paste, which is a Korean uh, spice, uh, just a coulis of um, of uh, herbs. Uh, so spinach, uh, parsley, uh, all together uh, mix uh, very, very properly uh, next to it. Yeah. You have this amazing truffle chino, so it's a mashed potato with the unctuosity of uh, truffle. Uh, you get this, uh, one of my signature dish, uh, because I love vegetables, so it's the roasted confit uh, cabbage, yeah. uh, red cabbage for certain time, it, it, very, 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 very well fondant into your mouth uh, with some uh, beef or pigeon on the side. Oh my goodness. Where do you do these supper clubs? Because a lot of people do it in their own homes. Uh, I'm a bit shy to share my to share I'm my house. I'm the same. My home is <laughs> private. I agree with you. So, so to be honest, uh, uh, the, the the super club is in Index Tower, so in amazing place. Uh, we have a big table of eight, and this is where I share all my philosophy of food. So I, I want to come to this. Like, how please, often does it happen? Please, please. I, I so look if if it's French cuisine <laughs> and it's a French chef who's grown up in Paris. Do you think I'm going to turn that down? Of course, you have I to want come. that authentic <laughs> taste, and you're exactly. so passionate. So when do these uh, supper clubs take place? How can we get involved? So so you can book your 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 seat into a, a website called Break Bread. Oh yes, Break Bread. Yes, exactly. They're very helpful. So they do everything about like the booking and everything. They call you, they text you, they do all this side. Like this, me, I can stay focused on the most important things: the food. Yeah, yes. exactly. Mm. So when you're the last supper club I went to, mm-hmm. the poor chef. Um, <laughs> He was working so much. We kept saying, sit with us, sit with us. And he was picking the dishes himself. Is it you doing everything or no, do you no, have no, help? No, 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 no. I'm super smart. I want to be focused on the food. Mm. So I have uh, two nice waiters, which is helping me and know exactly the dish. So describing you the dish really properly. Of course, at the end, at the dessert, I come and I sit down and we share a moment all together. Uh, which is really important for me because it's the sharing, it's the B2B, it's to share your experience, share my experience, uh, you talking, I'm talking, and, and uh, this is uh, where the magic's happening. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. I'm in conversation with French chef Julien Nash. He's from Paris originally, and he has his own supper club, which I'll be visiting straight after this show, I think. <laughs> Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Okay, so you've been here, I think, about eight years now, Chef Junior. Um, mm. 
What do you think of the whole food scene, how it's evolved since you've come? It's crazy uh, how the food scene uh, progress. The progress is just unbelievable. Uh, now in Dubai, we are, we are so lucky to have the, the Michelin star, I the know. 50 best. The, the, all, all of this, uh, uh, the God Emilio, all of these big magazines, you know, we, which rate properly, you know, all the restaurants. And uh, I'm sure year and year and year, everything will be, will, will progress. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, you know, I always talk about this. One of the, one of, you know, when you've eaten at different places, it's very hard to think which is your favorite, but you might know, I'm sure you'll know him. <laughs> you know, um, Raymond Blanc, Chef Raymond Blanc? Yes, so he has a place in Oxford in England yes, called in Le England, Manoir yeah. Quatre Saisons. Le Manoir, yeah, the Quatre Saisons. 20 years ago, I mm-hmm. went there for a 13-course dining experience. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many restaurants I've been to, how, where I've been in the world, that experience has mm-hmm. never left my mind. It is mm-hmm. on the ultimate. And obviously, he's French. Yeah. Is there one that's always stuck in your mind that it just exactly. stands out? Which mm-hmm. one is it for you? For me, uh, in all around the world, you mean? Anywhere in the world. Uh, for me, it was the Le Pavillon uh, in uh, Paris from uh, Yannick Alino. Oh, uh, Yannick, yes. who does stay. Yeah, yeah stay. I met Yannick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, really, really, really crazy experiences. It really mesmerized me uh, with the dish. Everything was very, extremely well executed. And I've been lucky, you know, to, 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 to work with Yannick. For several years. You did. Yes. Uh, he seemed like a very nice, very nice guy, but I was just interviewing him. What was he like to work with? Because uh, a lot of chefs, I mean, the Gordon Ramsays, they can throw a frying pan at you. Is he very <laughs> calm? Uh, Yanni, quote mine, just share your experience. What's he like in the kitchen? Um, I will not talk uh, on, his, on his behalf, but I think, I think what he liked the most is the extraction. Extraction, so is to take the vegetable. As we know, in the vegetable, there is eighty percent of water. So uh, take all the best from a vegetable and put it into a sauce. The sauce for him is extremely important yeah. because for him, the sauce is the one who's uh, in your mouth to re- mesmerize you all the time. So what we what we remind in, in our head when we eat the the mum food is the sauce, the tomato sauce, the chicken sauce, the beef sauce, the the fish sauce, and everything. When you're cooking, like I like putting music mm-hmm. on and just cooking, it just feels like therapy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do anything? Is there any special little ritual to get yourself in that flow, or are you always in that flow? I, I like to be. Uh, I like to be in a calm environment when I cook. Me too. For me, it's really important. You know, when I was working in London at the Marcus Warang, he's a two-star in Barclay Hotel. Uh, the kitchen was extremely quiet. Wow. And uh, I think when it's quiet, you you are really focused on what you are doing. You know, when you have the distraction, the music and everything, it, it just remove. You know, put uh, it doesn't put you on the on the on the on the extremely focused. Uh, yeah, and and I do think if you really are into cooking, it's a form of therapy because you're just focused on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But are you one of those chefs like me? Well, I'm not a chef, but are you someone who I like? Obviously, we're testing and tasting while mm-hmm. we're cooking, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, once it's done, I'm, I'm kind of full. Do you, do you yeah, want? sometimes it's happened, you know, because it's crazy, you know, when you do, when we do something all the time, we try, we try, we try, yeah. we try, we correct, we try, we correct the seasoning. Uh, so at the end, you feel like, okay, you know exactly the dishes. So it's happened. Yeah, it's sometimes happened. it's happened. So I'm going to end with, if you had to choose just one meal mm-hmm. as your last meal on mm-hmm. planet Earth, what would it be? Uh, for me or from somewhere else? For you. For me, it will be the, the, the confit red cabbage. 
the, it's going to be a vegetable. Yes. And it's a cabbage. Yes. That's pretty healthy. Yeah. So w- what's in this cabbage? In, basically, I take the cabbage, I roast it for a certain time, certain degrees. Uh, then I cook it, I confit it again, same same process, certain time, certain degrees into the oven. I make it soft. And it's crazy because the cabbage at the end bring you this sweetness. So I kill this sweetness uh, with a little bit of uh, vinegar, of xeres, uh, some agrumes. Because I love the agrumes. I've never in. heard any chef say they'd have a cabbage as their last meal on earth. But obviously, you must cook it like it's unbelievable. You have to try. I am coming over. Yes, I'm coming over. Where can we book this supper club? So like? the supper club is on the break bed. The next one is on 6th of January oh. of this uh, oh. this uh, coming month. And and we can check you out also. Um, we can also check you out on Diner Modern. Yes. Uh, yes, you can check on Instagram. Me. Yes, on Instagram directly. But if you want to book, it's better to go on the break bread. Everything is there. They, yeah, so you they can go on you properly. break bread. Mm-hmm. And it's Chef Junior Naj. And you spell that N-A-D-J-E. Fantastic, Chef Junior, yes. it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. So our second chef of the day is live right now on Instagram. He's been messing about with his Instagram going, how do I get this live? He's known as the new generation rock star chefs. So he's a bit of a rock star, actually. Just didn't come with his guitar. His name is Chef JP. And this year he opened his first restaurant in Dubai called Koya in Dubai Marina. He runs a number of restaurants. You can also watch him on TV where he's a cooking show on CNN called Hungry with Chef JP. But if that wasn't enough... Uh, work for him. He's also one of the judges on Master Chef Philippines. I'm exhausted saying all that. Chef JP, is the Instagram live going good? It's going good, yeah. How are you today? Good, good. How are you? So, are you based here now? Have you moved over here for a few months just to open Koya or? Yeah. <laughs> we live here now. Oh, you live yeah. here. So, where exactly is Koya? Koya is in Marina and uh, it's turning a year old in a few weeks. So we opened around this time. So according to Milani, who teaches me everything about Philippines and everything, does it mean big brother? Yes, it is. So why was it named that? Um, spelled with a double O. Yes, that's yeah. what she was saying, yeah. yes. Um, I guess everyone knows, everyone calls us here Kuya Aww. or Pare. Um, and also I guess... So it's being, a term of endearment and respect. Yeah. Yeah. That even though you're far away from home, which is the Philippines, we're here. Yes. We're here to feed you guys. Oh, that's blessed. So let, let's talk a little bit about your background. Like, have you, did you grow up in the Philippines and who inspired you in the kitchen growing up when it came to food? And did you always have a fascination for it? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, born and raised in the Philippines, uh, this small town called Bacolod. Uh, I've always been interested with food. Uh, it, it's, it's something I was kind of good at. Um, I tried a lot of things, never really succeeded. What did you try? A lot. I even <laughs> tried radio hosting. You didn't? I, yeah, really. And what happened? Why weren't you very good? Um, so right now I'm I'm kind of nervous because this reminded me, oh. or this reminds me of how I started. Yeah. Um, I guess I've, I've, I was always like an extrovert in a way. Um, that was sort of like my outlet, talking to people, expressing myself. Yeah. And I tried with radio um, as a summer... Uh, when I was in high school, yes, yeah, yeah. there you go. And what happened? It just didn't go well. Uh, it 
I just didn't pursue it. Um, Can I tell you? You know, when I first started on radio, um, I didn't want to do it. I was pushed to do it because mm-hmm. uh, I used to be a singer. So they oh. said, "Oh, maybe she's got a good voice." Okay. And for one month, I was so bad. Like I was really bad, JP. And then on the last day, the the head of production said, "I need to see Poonam in my office," and I knew I was going to get fired. Uh-huh. And he said to me, "You've been so bad, but today you actually did a decent." bulletin so i'm going to keep you all right and literally it just shifted and i had no ambition to be a radio presenter right and it was like the universe said you're going to be one so with you do you feel like cooking was calling you um yeah i guess like what you said um we all deserve a second chance or you know that just that one chance to prove to everyone that we're worthy of it and yeah like like yourself, I did um, fail a lot of times as well, even in, with cooking. Um, but then I guess it's just that perseverance and you know that you're deep down in your gut, you know that you're good at it. And, and I think also you can't imagine yourself doing anything else full time probably. Exactly. And it's, you know, passion, love Ex- for the, you know, uh, Nothing beats passion. No, Real passion, I know. Right? I think I think I was talking the other day with a few people, and I said, you know, a lot of people are chasing money, fame, uh, followers, mm. but that's only going to take you so far. If you don't have that passion, you're going to end up quite depressed. Right. It's empty. It is. It doesn't mean anything. It's an empty chase. Yep. Exactly. So let's talk about Koya. Um, what makes it stand out? What makes it different to other Filipino restaurants? I guess, I mean, it's this, as I, I'd love to say to everyone, you know, we use the same ingredients. Um, we use, it's all, it's, you know, Filipino dishes. But then again, I guess the approach is different in a sense that no cutting corners. Um, we go through the process, uh, sort of like we, how do you say this in English? Um, we're very proud of it. Mm. We're not, because us Filipinos, by nature, we're very passive. We're shy. And oh, uh, Milani isn't. Milani's so loud. <laughs> but once. <laughs> but you're you... a ge- you're a gentle kind of. I can I can see that you're not uh, overly loud. You're very gentle in your nature. Um, I guess through time. Uh, I mean, or you know, as you as you as you age, you yeah. kind of like calm like, down, calm down, and time yourself. Yeah. And I think. Now is a good time to reintroduce Filipino food, especially here in Dubai. Yeah. Um, because we're always so apologetic to our, about our food. Why? We, I don't know. It's like, oh, no. It's, it's, it's like, it's almost never good enough. Really? But it is. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, a, it's such a, it's such a <laughs> complex cuisine. It is. Is it a complex? I've never, I think I've only been to one or two Filipino restaurants in 15 years here. Can you believe it? I mainly um, eat Milani's lunch when I just steal some of hers. Right. Yeah. So I have like home cooked Filipino food. Right. Yeah. But we're talking about some of the menu. I'm going to try and pronounce it because Milani was helping me. You've got Iso. Iso. What's that? Uh, It's chicken intestine. We don't have it here though. We have it in the Philippines. Oh. Um, Our restaurant in the Philippines, that's sort of like our specialty. Um, it's basically chicken intestine opened up, cleaned, gr- uh, marinated, grilled, and then basted with chicken anato oil. It's really good. And halo halo. Halo halo is that the is, dessert? Yeah, it's called. It's it means mix mix. Uh, it's a combination of uh, different um, 
ingredients for this halo halo dish. It's very nice. Uh, it's fun to eat. Uh, very tasty and uh, just brings back a lot of memories. Um, it's it's sort of like one of those nostalgic uh, yeah, dishes. I know what you mean. Yeah. Why did you want to open in Dubai? Like what you said, you've never had Filipino food in the past 15 years and there's oh. that big gap. You know, we that's why I said we kind of want to reintroduce Filipino because Filipino food here in the UAE is normally just at home or people bring it to work and they share it with their colleagues. Yeah. But why not like sort of like open it up to other nationalities? Do you know, you're absolutely right because when I think about it, you know, a lot of my non-Indian friends will order biryanis for lunch or Thai food for lunch. I don't remember anybody really ordering Thai food. I mean, sorry, Filipino food. Exactly. And it makes sense. You're right. Right. And then you go to the food court, you don't see a single Filipino uh, restaurant except Jollibee. But then there are almost 2 million Filipinos here, apparently. Um, So, yeah, why not? (laughs) No, it makes sense. Is it true that if we travel on Philippines Airline, we get a taste of Chef JP's food? Uh, in in my restaurant, yes. But I thought you were a collaboration with Philippines Airline. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every now and then, yeah. Every now and then. I say, well, I say that because it's a cycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what? So so what kind of food can people try that you'll be serving on the airline? Uh, we served last time three dishes: uh, chicken in a salad. It's a grilled chicken dish. Apparently, it's number five chicken. Ah, voted number five best chicken dish in the world. No this way. Chicken in a, this chicken. Do you serve in a salad. that here? We serve it here in Kuya. We serve it in. Uh, in our restaurant yeah, It's a specialty of my hometown uh, Then we have this noodle dish called palabok Which is sort of like our equivalent to um, Your pad thai or It's sort of like a really good Filipino noodle dish yeah. Besides pancit and spaghetti yeah. Or Filipino spaghetti And one more is our We have this milkfish called bangus a la pobre mm. Meaning milkfish with garlic With lots of garlic now, I know two of your passions are traveling and surfing. How does travel influence you as a chef? Exposure, just to open your eyes, just to see where you're at also as a chef. Mm. Um, you see other chefs. Um, you know, you get, out of, you get out of your comfort zone. You, yeah. get, you think out of the box. Uh, you adjust, you adapt, all those things. Is there any kind of cuisine that since you've been in Dubai you've tried that you'd never tried before? Oh, a lot. A really? lot. Um, Iranian, uh, Afghan, uh, Korean, maybe? No, I, we get oh, You've Korean. had Korean over there. We get good Korean. Back Did you have home. a lot of Indian? No, actually, I really want to. Uh, I know there's so many. It's ridiculous how many. And I'm, I'm, I'm such a newbie. And yeah, I do have my biryani cravings every <laughs> now and then. Um, <laughs> but home, homemade, there's some local places that make real homemade kind of like Punjabi, North Indian food where I come from. Um, but some of the restaurants, can they mix and fuse a lot and it's quite heavy. So it's like Filipino, I'm sure. And like Thai food, restaurant food is served for a certain kind of taste bud, but home food is very simple. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what about surfing? Have you managed uh, to do that with the gentle waves we have here in the yeah, UAE? Yeah, yesterday actually. <laughs> yeah, were the waves good? Yeah, uh, waves were good yesterday. A bit windy, a bit crowded, but it was still good uh, to get some surf. Um, what time did you get up in the morning to go surfing? We got up at 6 and got in the water around 8. Oh, do you know what? I, I remember going surfing early in the morning and it is actually really refreshing. Getting out of bed is a hard bit. Once you're there, it's an amazing it's, way to start. Yeah, it's a different feeling, right? I mean, and then you, you reward yourself for getting up extra yeah. early. Yeah, catching a few waves because it's so difficult. It's it's such a humbling sport, and I guess that's why I um, I uh, I'm 
attracted by it because yeah. it's it's just it keeps you grounded. There's a there's a very bizarre feeling. I remember the first time I stood up and the wave just carried me to the shore. I was like, this is magical. Like right? a wave is taking me and I'm just standing. It was it was beautiful. And just being in the ocean in the morning that keeps you grounded. Yeah. Yeah, breeze. Well, the breeze is cold now. Yeah, <laughs> still pretty good compared to the UK. Trust me. So, what's next for Chef JP? Are we going to do more openings, more TV shows, or are you planning to retire to Hawaii and be a full-time surfer? <laughs> <laughs> I wish in my dreams. Uh, I guess improvements, uh, baby steps this time. Um, I've been to that route where you know you open one, you open two, you think. You're the best, but yeah. then it fizzles out because I guess uh, it's not for everyone. And also this time, I really it's like a baby, you know. You really want to take care of it, uh, go through the process, let it grow, and then once once it ready, once it's ready, then send it off to college or whatever, <laughs> right? But now it's a year old. Come on, so let's savor this moment. Yeah, exactly. And go through. Enjoy the, the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and enjoy that. And you've only been in Dubai what a year now? A year, yeah. So, are you settled? Are you happy here? I'm, I'm actually not quite settled yet. Oh, bless <laughs> you. We will help you settle down. <laughs> not you know, in a bad way, but you know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard as well. I mean, also, I think when you get older and you move to another place, you've got more memories still back home. When you're yeah. younger, there's a bit more adaptability sometimes. Yeah. And also, it's like you have to find that tribe of yours, those friends of yours. Yep. And when it comes to the food community, trust me, we will give you everybody you know because oh, there's such thanks. a great supportive crowd yeah. here. You'll great. be fine. It's fun that you guys have this uh, thing every Friday. Right. Yes, every Friday, nice. all the foodie people come, and they all know each other. Yeah. So we'll just have to introduce you to them. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, it was lovely to meet you, and thank um, you so much. Definitely come back again and keep us updated with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank Jeff you. JP. Thank you very much. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye One Hundred Three Point Eight. Our lovely food writer, blogger, big critique Jan Fahi's here. When how... are you going to learn how to say my name properly? L- let's say it. Teach me. <laughs> Faye. Oh, then why do you spell it with an E? I blame the Irish. So then change it. Just learn how Dan to say Dan Fay. What is it if I said Punham every time I came People in? do. Do you know how many kind of names I've been called? I won't even, I've got a list of like 10 things that I've been called. Trust me. Anyway, Dan <laughs> Fay is with us, our food writer, critic extraordinaire. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that are really memorable for you from 2022, some of the latest places you've gone to, and also... Uh, what we should look forward to, are there any new chefs on the horizon, restaurants, not only just here, but abroad, because you know we interview people all over the world. Um, you're looking a little bit tired. Um, how has 2022 treated you? It's been long. It's I been can amazing. tell by your face. Why has it been so long? <laughs> you look I've, just ex- been, I've, I've been traveling a lot. So, I worked, so I've got this app where I track all my travel and it said that I've been out of the country 120 days this year. Oh, oh, oh. Are you like on tour like a rock star? I feel like it. Well, so like before I got into food, I was a like a touring musician playing drums for a band and we never got to do any big tours and I feel like this year's been like my first kind of like world tour. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> the Dan Fay world yeah, tour. Yeah, it's been hard. It's, it, it's, no, it sounds great traveling, but when you're doing 100 in a year or so, that's, nah, that's yeah. not fun. And it's just, you just don't ever get into a routine. No. So when I'm, when I'm here for a few months, I'll sort of uh, look at what I'm eating properly at home and um, I'll exercise quite regularly. But when you're just 
getting on and off a plane and in and out of different countries. It's horrible. You, 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 like I'm, if I'm working in another country, I'm not going to be sat in my hotel room making, turning like the kettle into a little oven and yeah. making baked beans in it or anything like that. So you just go out all the time and I know it's just it just ha- takes its toll and I yeah, know. I'm just sort of like ready for vegan January and just sleeping and so what are you going to change in January to start taking care of your health are you going to travel less I do Veganuary I'm, well I'm, I'm, I've got I've already got two trips to the UK US Sydney and Singapore and you can't say no to these you have to go well, yeah, basically, yeah, for work and Aww. some so, of it's So pleasure. you know what? Maybe it will get better the, the more you t- try and pace yourself, eat better, sleep better. I, I say this every every year and yeah, it never Yeah, I say happens. it every year. I never say New Year's resolutions. But it's okay because I'll, I'll lose loads of weight for the first month of the year and then I'll feel great then, for a couple so, of months and it'll just be a, a, a slow decline until... Christmas time, then Christmas time will just be a complete blowout, and then January I'll and start then we'll again. We'll be sitting here this yeah. time next year. Super year's... healthy. I'm, if there's any nutritionists <laughs> on, I'm sure they can give their insight into how healthy lifestyle. So this is. day next year, when 2024 is around the corner, it will be the exact same conversation. Oh, exactly the same conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where have you eaten recently that you really want to share with us? So I went to um, Avli by Tasha's, which I've never been to before. Where is that? That's in DIFC. It's a Greek restaurant. Ah. I really like it. I've been it. to Tasha's like the, the other Yeah, ones. so it's like this bit of a stalwart of the uh, of yeah. the market is Tasha. But Avli is a new, well, it's not too new now, but it's newish. Mm. Um, but the Greek. food I remember is very good at her other ones. Yeah, um, well, I really like this. And I took somebody who wasn't a foodie. So I think when you go to kind of a quite a high-end restaurant and you're taking someone who's not a foodie at all and you both enjoy it for mm. what it is, I think that's a sign of a very good restaurant. Um, it's quite, it's, it's not the cheapest restaurant, but it's DIFC, so it's kind of what you'd expect to pay for going to like an LPM or, mm. a, or a Boca or a, or, or a Zuma or something like that. So it's not, it's no more expensive than anything else out there, but it's not somewhere that's kind of, it's something you, you might more go for a special occasion rather than eat there regularly. But we loved it. We had this amazing lamb dish that just melted in the mouth and the desserts were delicious and the service was really really world class it's it's one of the rare occasions where i've seen genuinely like amazing service yeah um, and, and dan doesn't usually say that he's really particular when he critiques something he gives yeah. feedback and you you just said really 100 yeah, positive. And, and, and greek food's never something that really gets me excited I, I, it's very rare that you see me going to kind of greek restaurants yeah. so yeah i was i was pl- very very pleasantly surprised by how how good it was and uh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be back and I'll, I'll take clients there and uh, mm. I want to take my wife there soon as well. So, What's yeah. been a pretty memorable, like, in 2022 for you that's really stood out, like, uh, experiences of food? Here or... Anywhere, um, anywhere. So I went to this restaurant in... Uh, so I've just been doing on my Instagram page a, a rundown of the top 10 restaurants that I've been to in the world. So two in the UAE made it, which has never really happened before that I've thought that UAE restaurants were in sort of like a proper global list, but Oceano and Tresen Studio made my top 10 list of the year, um, both fantastic yeah. re- restaurants. And if you've not been, great places to go for a special occasion. Um, both got a, a star in the Michelin Guide this year. Really, really good places. Um, but the best place that I went to, funnily enough, was a place in Leeds. And you might listen to me and think, oh, it's from Yorkshire, of course, he's going to pick somewhere in Leeds. <laughs> and I do sound really biased, but it was just unbelievable i'd just come the day after i'd been to a place called the clove club which is number 35 in the world and was one of the best meals that i've ever had and i went the day after and i thought you know what i'm going to this one star in leeds 
I'm not giving it a fair chance by going to Clove Club the day before and I'll naturally compare the two. And I just thought, it's, it's called Man Behind the Curtain. It's, it's called Man Behind the Curtain? The Man Behind the Curtain, oh, wow. yeah. So it's by a guy called Michael O'Hare. Mm. So he is a... Is uh, is a bit of a celebrity chef now in the UK. So I think he won Great British Menu. I think the okay. show's called. It was one of the big cooking shows, but he won it. And so, as I said, I went there with with not re- any real expectations, and I was in a bit of a bad mood that day as well. So I remember arriving and not really being Into interested it. in wanting to do a degustation menu after the day before. But it was just what what made it stand out for you. What was it that on the menu? So I think what made it stand out is that I go to so many of these degustation menus, so these these tasting menus where you get a lot of kind of small courses and it's an experience that lasts about two or three hours or in some cases five and a half hours. Um, and what, what tends to happen is it starts off and you get these little bites and they're just incredible and they're just... Oh, I've been there. Yeah, I've, and you just take yeah. and they're just, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, and then yeah. you have the next bite and, oh, it's wonderful. And then the starters come and you get these uh, little amazing nibbles and it's just fantastic. And then the main courses come out and it starts to go, yeah, this is okay. It's maybe not as tasty. And then you get another dish comes around and you're like, mm, I don't really like that one. And then another dish comes out and, oh, yeah, I like that. And it just gets a bit sort of, starts really high and it just kind of declines a little bit. And then you get to the desserts and you're kind of a bit full and you're a bit fed up of it all and you start getting tired and it, it can just tail away. Whereas this place, it was just a crescendo. Every single dish was better than the dish that came before wow. it. Wow. And the first dish was in- incredible. So it was just constantly great but what food. what kind of cuisine is it? So he's quite, um, how do I describe it? So it's it's quite, there's, there's flavours from around the world. So there was one, there was a Thai scallop dish, but the favourite dish was a, it was an interpretation of fish and chips. Okay. And it came with this, um, I think it was it was a vinegar infused onion juice or something like that, mm. and it was just the most vinegary but beautiful. It just took me to being sat on the beach in Whitby with my family oh. as a kid, just eating it, fish and chips, and it just invoked these memories. Oh. And it was just it was just beautiful, and all the staff were so nice and friendly, like proper Yorkshire, just charm and loveliness that we're oh. all so famous for. Oh, Dad. And it was just this magical experience. The most it's the most pretentious restaurant in terms of the <laughs> toilet door signs as Saint Laurent shoes. Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent shoes. Saint Laurent, look, I don't even know all these designers. But the, the actual shoes, like the heels, what? like glued to the door instead of like the, the man and the women's sign. No. It's like the men's Saint Laurent boots and the women's Saint Laurent heels. Oh my, that's and, what you'd find in Dubai. Oh, yeah, it was. It's very, very, very Dubai. And I think it would. It would be incredible to be brought over here and it would do so well so if there are any investors over here i think you should get in touch with oh, them because that's interesting it would be amazing it would do so well here because it's just, but it's it's not pretentious to the point where it's just ridiculous and it doesn't back itself up mm. it, everything is just backed up by having the most amazing food and obviously the, when they've gone through all the different courses they've not been just trying to make everything fancy for the sake of it it's just been like looking at um, acidity, uh, sourness, sweetness, texture. umami, texture, and every single dish had all these elements in it. And it was just, like, I can't speak highly enough of it. It was amazing. And I'm I'm going back to the UK in March and it'll be the first place that I booked, wow. even though I only went a few That's, months ago. I need, I need to check this place out. Okay, um, um, we're going to be back with Dan. And Patrick has just sent a text saying, what was the travel app that you used when you mentioned at the beginning? Oh, yeah, so it's called TripIt. Um so it's really smart because you, you you hook it up to your um 
email account and then whenever it sees you book a flight it brings it it imports it into the app and then makes sort of trips by the country that you're going to so any kind of restaurant reservations any um train bookings or anything like that it automatically compiles compiles it into this app so i can just kind of pull up this app and then see right my us trip where i'm going all my restaurants that i've got booked and what trains i've got what flights i need to catch and everything like that and you can get a pro mode where it will give you sort of updates on your flights if there's any delays or anything like that but then there's just like a end of year thing where it tells you all your stats about how many miles you've travelled and how many days you've been So if been your wife travelling. wants to know where you were on this day three years ago at this time, she can track She'll you. She'll be able to say, yeah. That's a great tracker for a wife. <laughs> this is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. We have our Yorkshire lad in the studio, Dan Fay. That's how you pronounce it. I've been pronouncing it wrong for a year and a half, but I don't care. He's so lovely. He's just bought me a trifle. So I'm feeling buzzed up now. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. Dan, when it comes to food, chefs, cuisine, what, what should we look forward to in 2023? What are you excited about? Um, I think the the introduction of the awards this year, especially the World's 50 Best and um, the Michelin Guide coming over, I think it's made a lot of chefs really step up their game. So I'm interested to see how some of the chefs that have done really well this year evolve into next year. Um, trying to maintain and get more stars. And also I'm very excited about the new Atlantis opening because there's going to be a lot of yes. world-class F&B. So Heston's apparently opening there. Um, Franzen's got a, re- a restaurant coming there. There's going to be um, the, the guy who brought, Jason Atherton, who brought Marina Social over initially to Dubai. He's opening three new restaurants in Grosvenor House as well. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm just there's there's a lot coming, and I think it's gonna just be this continuous evolution now, and and it's great that obviously Dubai government and Abu Dhabi government are really investing in sort of the food scene here and making um, maybe the barriers of entry is a little bit lower, so we're getting more local chefs coming in and and doing their own thing in their own spaces, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a super exciting time to be involved in the food scene. Over Do you here. have a tracker that tells you how many restaurants you've been to in Dubai? I think you need one. So I, I've got, so on my Instagram, I track anything that's been, that's featured at all in the Michelin Guide. And I know it's a bit snobby as that, but if I did every single restaurant that I'd ever go to in my stories, it'd just be... No, no, no. As in, do you have a tracker so that like, if I said, I said to you, how many have you done so far in your career? You could say like 8,000 so far. Oh yeah, I've got not got a clue. You haven't got a clue. No. I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd love to know how many you've done. So what are you going to be doing for New Year's? What's the plan? So we're having a little party on my rooftop. So where we live in Desert Palm, we've got um, a rooftop that you can see downtown. So we'll be able to see the nice. Burj fireworks from the roof. So we've got Courtney coming over, who's a regular guest on the show. Yes. Um, hey, who's cooking? So Prime Gourmet have very, nice. very kindly sent us some meats. So me and uh, Courtney's husband, tran- so I've got this massive barbecue and we transported it from our garden up two flights of stairs to the rooftop so we can cook all these steaks um so me and eric will be uh cooking cooking those tomorrow and then we got um 
uh, a very, very nice confectionery company over here called Varak sent me some goodies. So that that's the, the trifle. trifle that I brought today. So good, cherry So we've trifle. got a cake from them and loads of snacks that they brought as well. Um, so you should check them out. I think it's V-A-R-A-K. So you should be able to find them out. And they're, they're a local company and I love to support local brands and they're making really nice cakes and okay. goodies. So. Yeah, so when you kickstart this new health thing in January, the next time I see you, you'll probably be like a skinny little model. I'd hope so. Yeah, I think I think I the can thing see is it. that I've, I've, it, last last year I managed to keep up the veganness for three months. Just go to the gym, eat na- eat what you want, but just go to the gym. That's all you need to do. She says the girl who hates the gym. I'm just too lazy. Me too. I hate the gym. Yeah. Let's, let's just go for like paddleboarding. I've just, I've just bought a um, a bench for up on my roof. So I've got I've got some weights that I bought that I've never used, but I've got a bench now. So I'm not using a sunbed anymore. <laughs> I, I was so we had these sunbeds on the roof, and I tried to do it for for a couple of weeks, and and but it's too wide. So like you, you're going up, and then as you come down, your elbows are like bashing the side of the sunbed, and so I so just he, gave up. This but is now my kind of exercise bench. with you guys as a food bloggers, right? Is let's go for starters at one restaurant, walk ten minutes down the road to for the main, another ten minutes for dessert. I just think that's a great way of exercising. I just need to stop going out. This is the thing. I just need you to stop going out for. But a you you will come out to the studio when we need you, right? Oh, no, I'm, I just mean going out and eating. There's and an issue with that. If you stop going out, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I could, I could make some stuff up. Yeah, let's just make stuff up because yeah, we don't yeah. do that in the media, do we? Yeah, yeah. All right, darling. Exactly. Wishing you a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. So my next chef, because it's been Chef Galore's today. Uh, in 2018, he was nominated as one of the 300 most influential Filipinos in the Gulf. Today, he's a private chef which is the first time I've ever interviewed one on the show. So welcome, Chef Andrew Paderas. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very good, thanks. So uh, we need to compare a few notes here okay. about two celebrity chefs. <clears throat> okay, you've worked with two chefs who I've interviewed. Very Ooh, well known. Nice. Very well known. Let's start off with this first. You worked at Mays in Qatar for Gordon Ramsay. Yes, I was one of the opening chefs there. Ooh. Yes. And then also in London with Chef Nobu. Yes. So let's compare notes. What was your take on Chef? Gordon Ramsay. Well, to be honest, Chef Gordon, um, he was just there for the photo opportunities. Oh. <laughs> he's not cooking anymore, so he's got his own um, uh, chef patron. Yes. Yeah, over there. But uh, he's just, you know, he's very, you know, jolly during that time. Is he jolly? <laughs> yeah, but I, have, I haven't worked with him personally inside the kitchen. But, mm. yeah, you know. yeah, I have to be careful what I say, but let's just say we had an argument during our interview. It was a Ooh. fun argument. Mm-hmm. He called me a pampered princess and that's it. I put my notes down and I went for him. <laughs> <laughs> but we're both from England, so it was very kind of like tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. and tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But um, Chef Nobu, I interviewed him and he came across as like my father. He was beautiful soul. Exactly, exactly. I mean, every time he's there... We're not, it's not we're not allowed to talk to him, but when you see him walking yeah. inside the restaurant and we, we're behind the sushi bar, so it's just like, it's like angelic. It you is. Know? There's, an, there's an aura about him, which is so exactly. humble, no matter what he's achieved. And, and I haven't seen that in other chefs. True. And it's funny because whilst I was working for him in London, I wasn't able to talk to him. It's funny. I was able to talk to him here in Dubai. 
Oh, I've talked to everybody Dur- here. During I'm, Taste of Dubai. Yeah. And I get that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's. it's easy to approach people here. I'm not sure. It's a different mentality compared to the UK. Yeah, I can't I explain it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. So I hear, is this true? You've never actually studied a proper culinary qualification you've done all this no 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 I'm, i was not fortunate enough to have that culinary uh, background i mean it's it's a really a wonderful training um tool or experience but i'm not really that you know uh, financially able to to do it but, but look but, what you've done but i've did i did a bachelor's degree in hotel and restaurant management but i really wanted to be in the kitchen so yeah. you know i was lucky enough to to be immersed with different several chefs who's like really helpful to to, 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 to train. What? And I, I was like a sponge during that time. But so. that's great. So you just had a passion for cooking and wanted to learn more. There has to be passion. It has to be constantly fueled. To, to, to but know. when you were working in these restaurants and chefs, did they ever say, look, you're not qualified or did they just judge you on your passion and your work? I mean, they... they, they Back in the Philippines, you have a you should have a qualification. Yeah. But when I went to the UK, it's just like you know trade test and trade test and trade yeah. test. So if you're up for the position, you do the trade test. You need to up your game. Yeah. All the time. So, How do you up your game all the time and just keep it? Because it's full on being a chef. I really do. Well, um, think that. to to tell you quick, quite shortly, um, if I was working as a commie, I work as a demi CDP. If I'm working as a CDP, I try to work as a junior sous chef. Okay. So, you know, it was always my mantra and mentality during, uh, during my, 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 during the, back in the days yeah. to, to, to up my game. Because that's when and where you get noticed. So you are known as a private chef. What does that mean? Well, it's my first time to be a private chef. I've been in the industry here in Dubai for 12 years now, mm. and I've opened several big uh, brands as well. This is the first year that I became a private chef. So, so hang on a minute. Did somebody just come to you and say, I like your food, I want you to come and be my chef? Well, back in the days, uh, in the early days in Dubai, I did some sort of like short gigs for this. But it's not really, you know, long stints. But mm-hmm. I kind of like it. After the expo, where I had the biggest... Um, exposure. Exposure. Yeah. After expo, I felt there is a lull in the in the food and beverage industry because there's a lot of unemployed uh, staff chefs oh, and all because true. you know and uh, i really felt that you know slow movement in terms of my career I've, i kept on applying everywhere but there is no traction at all and then one fine day a friend of a friend is in need of a um, a chef who can do a sushi in their private home wow so my friend pitched me in I went to the to the to the house. I did the I did everything, and then the next day I got three or four inquiries already. So you're there full time now. Yes, this um, for this uh, particular um, family, I'm there full time, and I am the employee now. I am so, employed. So what kind of hours do you have to work when you're a private chef? Well, it's kind of different in terms of if you compare from from private chef and restaurant chef. I mean, long hours still because. I, I wake up very early now <laughs> because I have to be there for breakfast. Yes. I do breakfast, lunch, and dinner as well. Oh. But uh, it's long hours. It's the same in the, in the, in the, in the restaurant, yeah. but the pressure and the, the stress is a bit different. So tell me, compare, let's compare. What is the stress and pressure and the challenges like compared to when you used to work in restaurants? Well, in the restaurants, you always have these um, P&L. 
the the profit and loss, you know, the, yes, the, the matrix. Yes. Yes. Uh, you always you're you're always wary of your food costs. Yeah. You know your customers as well. Customer complaints you have to handle everything. Right now, my customers and guests are all the same every day. That's why it's a different pressure and it's a different uh, stress level. Mm. Because I have I have the same family and the same person to feed. Every and day, so I have to up my game and, every day. And you know, it's funny because, like, I remember when we used to come back from school, and mom, I'd be say to my mom, "You've cooked this again," <laughs> and she'd be like, but "How many dishes can I think of?" And it's hard, you know. That's very hard. That's very true, actually. So you, I put pressure on myself to mm. to to really diverse again. Mm. I mean, my 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 shoulders have different, um, you know, culinary experience. Yeah, cuisines. I, I know a lot of different cuisines. So this is really actually like a. Um, proper test for me what advice would you give to chefs out there who are thinking about maybe moving to becoming a private chef well um you have to have the passion in, inside you mm. if um you need to be open for because he as a private chef it's me myself and my goods and i yeah i have no other team that that Chopping pick the, and pick yeah. the leaves, pick the herbs. No, it's just you. Yeah. From marketing to menu planning to to preparation. One you, man band. Even have to clean up. Oh, so you have, oh to, you have to clean up. You have to open for that. You have to be open oh, for that. So you know. That's a lot. So what is for dinner tonight on the menu? Um, that's the thing about private chef as well. Now my my bosses are away. So I get to spend time with my family. Oh, so, so what are you cooking? This is the first time I was I spent uh, Christmas with family. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes. And New Year you. is promising as well. So Bless you, bless you. Well, I wish you a very happy New Year. Thank you so much. It was so nice to actually meet a private chef. Thank you. And Thank I you know so who much. to call if I want some private sushi at home, yeah? Please, please, <laughs> please, 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 please. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're now turning our attention to Levantine Cuisine and chatting to the F&B manager of Magdalene in Sharjah. I'm going to see if I've pronounced that well. Uh, right. Welcome, Imad. How are you doing? Uh, hello. Welcome. Very ha- good. Thank how you. How do I pronounce it? Majdulin? Majdulin. 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 What does it mean? Majdulin. The name comes from, uh, it's very common in the Levant area. It's coming from Palestine which is the fertile area of the um, of the ground yeah. it's uh, all uh, on the old cities in all over the area the the levant palestine jordan syria what they call majdal which is it's coming from majdal okay of fertile area so uh, for me personally i do i translate it differently it's coming majdulin coming from dona magdalena Oh yes, nice. So I like that. I like that. So you're you're originally from Syria, I'm from right? Syria, from Damascus. Yes. So obviously, very traditional food coming from that area. So you know a lot about your food. So it covers a lot of Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Palestine, and Jordan. What are some of the outstanding things on the menu that really represent that region? Uh, actually, the meza, all the cold meza, the cold, the hot meza, that uh, the sharing. Mm. It's the feeling of sharing that we're having there. Yeah. The uh, our we have on our menu we have a very very nice uh, food uh, specialty of food that we are offering, of course, except the grills. We have very very we are very known with the lamb. We cook lamb chunk and lamb shoulder for 20, 48 hours. Ugh, so it's going to be. Sweet. It's very tender. Uh, it just melts off. It melts off the mouth. Yes. 
Is it kind of like tagine style, you know, when it's like that soft kind of tender? It is uh, similar to tagine. Yeah. But it's, uh, it comes with the chef when they come out and see the bones, meat falling out of yeah. the bones. It looks uh, the guest, you know, the nice thing when you see the guests, how they see the tenderness when it's falling down. Well, so do you eat there every day, obviously, as the F&B manager? In the restaurant? Yeah. Do you have yes, your lunch there every day? So what is your favorite dish? I I love the shish tau. I love the baked. Uh, we have, you know, in all the tradition in our Levant area, it's the baking, which everything, the bread. It's always the bread that is, comes from the oven that you are serving. Mm. Right, so in our restaurant, we have all our bread and bakeries that's savory uh, baked items that we are serving, which is freshly made in front of the guest. And what about the desserts? Dessert. Uh, we have a selection of the dessert between goes between a traditional dessert mm. that we're doing, and we have a few specialties twisted made by the chef. Okay. Where's the chef from, though? Uh, the chef is from Syria as well. Yeah. He also grown in Syria. He's uh, he have a very uh, he's very talented. He's doing very traditional, very well traditional. So, so when you think meal. of a traditional dish growing up in Damascus, what stands out for you when you think about your childhood? Uh, the fatte. The fatte. You know, the fatte. The fatte is every day. Fatte and fool. Yes, <laughs> every day. Yeah, that's true. It's the basic staple. It's the basic. Would say, let's say, it's a breakfast basic. Wherever you go, it's traditional, public, uh, affordable. Yeah, it's kind everybody. of like in India. When I ask somebody in India, they're like dal and roti, which is like lentils and the chapati, yes. which is the same, bread and beans, really. It's bread and beans. Yeah. It's the basic stuff. Um, the location is very lovely. Tell us about that location. Was it specifically chosen uh, for that? Our uh, restaurant is located in Double Tree Hilton by Sharjah. Mm. Uh, sorry, Double Tree by Hilton in Sharjah, Waterfront Hotels and Residence. It's got a nice view, hasn't it? It is. Uh, it's in Al Majaz area. We are on the sixth floor. Floor we have under it five parkings, so we are overlooking all the Majaz, uh, mm. uh, let's say the lake. It's beautiful. We have a nice, uh, very beautiful sunset. You can enjoy yeah, when you're having, uh, when, whenever you're having your meat or food, and you're overlooking all the view over there. It's beautiful. Do you have a mixed bunch of clientele, or is it mainly people who you know are Arabic who love that kind of food? Uh, we have. Uh, it's actually, it's a very much mixed clientele. Mm. We have from all over the world clientele. Mm. I had some Japanese, Korean, Russian. What did they say? Did they give you any uh, feedback? They love the place. They love, they adore the place. They fell in love with it. They love the food. Yeah. Uh, actually, a lot of, it's very, a lot of diversity of the mm. nationality of the people. I mean, I think I like, with the Levantine food, what I do like is, you can be vegetarian and have a lot of light salads and foods and, you know, non-meat as well. But you also have the choice of a lot of meat if need be. Yes, it is. Actually, you know, the Levantine, when you go, when you start, you think about the Levant. It's the birth of the, of all the religions in the world. You know, what we say that when you go to veget vegetarian, you know, in our, in our area, we have the, uh, the posting of 40 days. So we have, we eat only vegetable for 40 yeah. days, the Christians. Yeah. So it's always, we try to make, create kind of food that yeah. goes from it. And it's always coming, the spices, the mixes coming from the Silk Road. 
Yeah. So you have a lot of mix of this kind of food. You've got a vegetarian. People have a big options of vegetarian. And in the, and in those also in those areas, in those regions and countries, seasonally there's such fresh food. You know, uh, whether it's uh, dates, vegetables, you name it. It's it. And in those days, like they used to eat according to what was grown in the season, which is why it's kind of stayed. In yeah, that. and this is what we are trying, what we tried in our restaurant, that mm-hmm. we have all our product are... Seasonal. Uh, seasonal yeah. product. And they are dishes, special dishes, winter dishes, summer dishes. I like that. Uh, especially the yogurt cooked dishes, it's winter dishes. Oh, is it? The yogurt? Uh, the yogurt, cooked oh. yogurt dishes, like kibbe with yes. uh, yogurt, meat with yogurt, chicken... Mm. Uh, stuffed marrow with yogurt. Yeah. It's a winter dishes. Oh, that's nice. So, so you change it according tomato, to the uh, Tomato-based dishes, which is like feva beans <laughs> with tomato. It's a summer meat do you, do you think you may need to stop now? Because literally I've had a packet of crisps and a little chocolate and I'm now getting hungry and it's like... <laughs> I still have another hour and a half to go. But thank you so much. Tell everybody again, remind us where it is so we can come and visit it. Okay, it is in uh, Double Tree by Hilton Sharjah Hotel and Residence. It's waterfront. Of course, it is in Majaz area, Jamal Abdel Nasser Street. And we are on the first floor in the hotel. Okay, Imad, thank you so much. Make sure you tune into Farmer's Kitchen every Friday from 2 to 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.